Welcome to Five Start Weekly. We talk the kit week and update you on the news and rumors surrounding Atlanta United. All that and more, coming up. Welcome to the show, Five Start fam. I'm AJ, this is Tanner McLeod. Before we get into it, become a member of the notification squad by hitting the bell next to the subscribe button on YouTube or hop over from Facebook and subscribe. This video is sponsored by Burr Burr Sushi. Burr Burr Sushi is a Japanese-inspired, fast-casual eatery that offers ramen, sushi burritos, and poke bowls. Burr Burr delivers cuisine that's ethical, delicious, and fast. Guests can create their own rice bowls and sushi burritos through an array of fresh vegetables, marinated meats, and quality sauces. Also now serving a collection of traditional Japanese ramen. Because it's the offseason, let's go straight into the news and let's talk about this kit leak that uh, really kind of surprised a lot of us today. But uh, essentially, it's a possible one and it's from Joseph Mime. I think that's at least anyway Meme. how you pronounce it. If his last name is Meme, that'd be pretty funny. He's got an accent on the, uh, yeah, on the last E. But uh, essentially, apparently it's from FIFA Mobile and it showed this kit that you see on screen. Very interesting because there's the shoulder vertical stripes uh, for the Adidas. You have the five stripes, kind of a shadow of the OG kit from 2017. And then kind of, uh, you know, not only a shadow of the uh, Pe King Peach kit, but also that it is gold. So very interesting all in all. What are your thoughts? I mean... As with all kit leaks, it's kind of one of those things that I'm not going to believe until I see it, but kit leaks are usually pretty reliable from what we've seen throughout Atlanta's history so far. Especially if they're from footy headlines. Yeah, so, so not, yeah, this one, I mean, it's interesting. I think that I'm not a fan of gray in kits at all, but I like the kind of throwback to the five stripe idea, idea with the gold in it as well. Again, gray is not my favorite color, but still, I think it looks interesting, although the weird three stripes on the shoulder, that's something I've never seen before on an Adidas kit. Right. It's been replicated as well on the LA Galaxy concept that they showed, so mm -hmm. maybe that's something that the league is doing this year on those kits, but that's I like- That's where those yeah, yeah. reports were uh, apparently saying that for the 25th uh, year commemoration of MLS being a thing, that's where every team that gets a new kit, that's every team, uh, will have those three stripes vertically. So, interesting, and I mean... On the whole though, but like, I, I like I like the kind of homage to the five stripe kit though. Yeah. I think for me, I think maybe it's a bit of pandering, but if that's the mm -hmm. case, if I see it and it looks good, mm -hmm. I'm definitely gonna be copying the kit. I like the gold, I like the gold. Yeah. White can get kind of repetitive and boring at times, yeah. but still, this is a little bit different to the previous kit leak that we saw, by the way, because the previous kit leak had the three stripes going down the shoulders mm -hmm. that you see on most Adidas kits. This is slightly different from the one we've seen before. I imagine we'll probably see another one closer to the kit release date, which usually is around February or so, before the CONCACAF Champions League and the season gets going. So we'll certainly see when the time comes, but I always like seeing new kits in this one. Mm -hmm. It's not too bad. Right, and especially if it's in a video game and one of the files that you can download on an update, it's interesting, it might really be realistic uh, that this might be it. Uh, it gives some credence to it, doesn't mean that it absolutely would be. But then there's the other aspect of most of these designs are done way, way beforehand so yeah. that they can get a whole lot of them in production uh, to be in stores. And so that's really where, yeah. you know, if uh, they're still changing it, 
it's very unlikely. Without so. giving like too much of like how the sausage is made kind of a thing, usually these kits and the training kits and all these new things are ordered almost an entire year in advance and those decisions are made almost an entire year in advance before the kit even comes out and before it's even launched. And like you said, that's usually so that they can mass produce them and have time to get all these things done. Most likely the kit's already being manufactured, it's already being made because it's about a one two months-ish there thereabouts. And it's not just Atlanta United, it's the rest of the league as well. So there's a bunch of kits that need to get made. So yeah, all these decisions were made a long, long time ago. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yes. Is it a little template -y? Maybe. Uh, for me also, it's, I mean, it, it lacks a little bit of inspiration. I, the best part for me is the kind of homage to the OG Five Stripes, but you know, gold, we've kind of already had a little bit here and there. I mean, is this really that, new thing is this really like you know people are clamoring for this maybe we'll see let us know in the comments below but moving on from this uh Atlanta United and Brooks Lennon have agreed to a multi-year contract extension until 2023 and so you know interesting days because you know, kind of looming elephant in the room Julian Gressel is still not uh being extended okay sure but uh, at least for Brooks Lennon, this is, I think, uh, you know, a kind of statement of intent from us in that we want to keep him here for a long time. We see the potential and, you know, maybe Frank DeBoer can really, uh, you know, kind of uh, groom him to be someone that is a, you know, a prominent member of our team. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing that's really important to note here is that the money that Brooks Lennon is commanding to be re-signed is a lot different than the money that Julian Gressel is commanding to be right. re-signed. I think $230,000 uh, per year is a lot less than probably what Julian Yeah, Julian Gressel's wanting to be and reasonably wanting to be a TAM player. And that makes sense given his numbers and his production. Mm -hmm. Brooks Lennon has not compared to that in terms of his numbers that he's produced in MLS. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it makes sense for the team to be able to sign somebody, especially considering the contracts they let expire this year. This is money that they can easily afford and put into that. And like you said, if they rate the player and think that he's going to be a player that fits for a long time, you want to get him on a contract. It's going to be a four-year contract, 20, 21, 22, 23. So yeah, it's, it's a good deal for the team, especially on the money that they're paying him for what I imagine they believe is a solid squad player. Yeah, and especially the versatility that he has, able to play multiple positions. I think he will be very useful for a lot of the fixture congestion that we will have this season. Uh, also in terms of like what he said when he signed, it's uh, I think, you know, stuff that is uh, stuff that you say when you are definitely, you know, you're, you got a new employer, you gotta say some good things. I mean, these are all the, the right things to say as well, but he said that Atlanta is the ideal destination after asking for from a trade, asking for a trade from Real Salt Lake. Uh, and he has described the training ground and the bends as one of the, uh, or among the best in the world. And so, yeah, definitely you want to speak glowingly about your employer once you're hired in, in the door. But uh, yeah, moving on from that, another player that, uh, well, I mean, it's not an extension, but he has been re-signed and that is Alec Can, our very first goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, remember he started the first 14 games for LA United in our inaugural year, had four clean sheets. I mean, he's a guy that, uh, yeah, also was the goalkeeper for, uh, you know, our uh, Campeones Cup uh, win. And I mean, he's been a prominent guy in terms of, uh, you know, being on the squad, always 
ready and for the beck and call when he's called upon. And he's really relatively done very, very well when he has been. Absolutely. I think he's one of the best backups in MLS and possibly could be argued he could start for a few clubs in MLS. To get him onto a new contract, to tie him down is really good business, in my opinion, by the club. Also, again, people are gonna ask the question, how come he's getting signed again? Lorenos is getting signed again. Brooklyn is getting signed again. Look at the money involved for a backup goalkeeper versus what you're looking for from one of the top attacking right wing backs or right wingers in Major League Soccer. It's a big difference in the money they're talking about. This is money the club knows they can afford to spend. Again, with Julian Gressel, he wants to be a TAM player. They do not know how much money he is going to be worth under the new CBA. Right. So uh, moving on from that, a transfer rumor for PT Martinez. Uh, this one's from TYC Sports, mentioning that Gremio, a Brazilian side, is back again for PT Martinez. Apparently, they are interested in his services. They, in August, tried to get his services on loan, but, I mean, for obvious reasons, we would not have done that. Uh, and then also, I mean, it's, uh, you know, in this kind of regard, would we really let him go? I mean, Carlos Bocanegra has said this offseason that he sees P.T. Martinez and Ezekiel Barco a part of our squad next season, and, you know, it would probably take a really kind of gargantuan offer for uh, them to be moved. So, you know, maybe there's not a whole lot of credence in it, but it's at least him uh, really getting some, you know, uh, some kind of eyes around the world from him uh, because, yeah, teams, I think, are still wanting him. Absolutely. But for me, I think, and I think for a lot of people, no disrespect to the Brazilian league, I think it's a bit of a step backwards for him. I don't think that he's necessarily going to get an increase in his wages. And like you said, more than likely they can't pay a transfer fee that we would want to get for PT Martinez, which is at least recouping what the club paid for him around the 15 million mark. So most likely that's not going to happen. Like it's never going to happen on loan. That makes no sense in Atlanta United's interest. So for me, I'd put some cold water on this. And I think that PT Martinez wants to prove that he can be a success here. And I think that for him, he still wants desperately to make that move to Europe. And the best way for him to do that is to have a standout 2020 season with Atlanta United. Yeah. And really, uh, some of you Eagle Eye uh, social media users have pointed out, yeah, he's posting a lot of River Plate stuff. And today, of all days, he has posted his first uh, thing on Instagram, at the very least, of something about Atlanta United with the at Atlanta United mentioned with the two colors of Atlanta United in red and black and three uh, strong arm emojis. So very interesting that he's chosen today to really do that. Is there something else behind that? I guess time will tell, but uh, it's very interesting nonetheless. But anyway, uh, Ezekiel Barco was not called up into the Argentina U23s, uh, and that was apparently, well, okay, and that, that was for the 2020 uh, Olympics that they were trying to qualify for, but uh, according to Felipe Cardenas of The Athletic, he uh, spoke with a club spokesperson and he said that essentially the club pretty much said that he wasn't allowed to go. So, interesting. Very interesting. I think the club's maybe learned a little something from the Miles Robinson incident earlier this year. Right. It Especially. makes a lot of sense, I yeah. think. Because Argentina, 
they're going to qualify for the Olympics, if we're being honest. They have an incredible talent pool to pull from. But this is preseason training, and this is preparation for the um, Champions League. You cannot have Ezekiel Barco, one of your key players, missing for your preseason right. and for your preparation for the Champions League. That's just not going to happen. You're not going to risk him getting injured for that. Now, most likely, assuming he's still with the club and they qualify, he's going to be going to the 2020 Olympics. That's something that you can't deny someone to represent their country at the frickin' Olympics. And again, if he plays well there and performs there, that's going to drive his transfer value up as well. And that'll be happening in July, August. So yes, that's something that will happen when that time comes about. But for this, this makes total sense to me. I think it's smart from Atlanta United. And from my understanding, they're not the only club to have done this with certain right. players. And I see with Castellanos yeah. as well. And so yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I think it makes sense in terms of for MLS because of just the difference in schedule for sure. Uh, but especially because, you know, I think both clubs are going to be involved in Champions League. That's very important that they prioritize that. And so it's good to see that Atlanta United have thought in that regard that yes, we shouldn't just willy-nilly let our players go on international duty. But uh, so moving on from that, Atlanta United also announced that they signed a multi-year contract extension with Fox Sports as well, uh, with Fox Sports South and Fox Sports Southeast. Uh, and that will be the uh, regional uh, rights holder for our television deal until 2022. Uh, very interesting that it is that year because it seems like as though that MLS has kind of mandated that all the teams they don't sign a deal with a television partner, their local deals, past 2022. It seems like probably they're angling towards a league-wide television deal, kind of a la Premier League or Bundesliga. Uh, so it makes sense because you can get a lot bigger dollars in that sense. So why not? And it's interesting though, I mean, we, I like Fox Sports South uh, at times, but some of the coverage has been a little bit... Uh, maybe, you know, left something to be desired at times. But uh, with the team uh, that is the, the broadcast team, love them. So have yeah, no absolutely. problems. Absolutely. Julian Sakovitz, Dan Yargan, Kevin, Kevin Egan. Egan. I don't think for Atlanta United fans, especially if you've been able to meet, interact, speak with them, all three incredible classy people, classy. Yeah. And they do a fantastic job covering mm -hmm. Atlanta United. They are passionate, they care for the club and the fans. And, like, yeah, I love them in every single game that they call as incredible. Fox Sports itself is the company, like you said, living me a little bit desired. Yeah. But as far as the people go, I can't say enough about them. And I'm glad to see them back in the booth and calling the games for another three years. Exactly. So, uh, moving on from that, a uh, problem with the Champions League situation at the Benz. Uh, we kind of mentioned about it last week, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so AJC's Doug Robertson pitched some uh, ideas, and essentially it came down to that Georgia State uh, is his idea of the solution for when and if we advance all the way <laughs> into that, that time frame. No. That so. <laughs> stadium is crap. There's a reason the Braves left. There's a reason Georgia State plays there, and unless they've done some crazy renovations since the My last time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. The reason Georgia State plays there is because it was available, and the Braves sold sure. it to them on the cheap. And when you go sure. there and you look at the facilities compared to what other facilities are available, it's it's not ideal. You're not going to host. This is absolutely, yeah, not ideal for Atlanta United. For, not, for Atlanta United so, and for Club America. For a Champions yeah. League match of this magnitude, it is not the ideal location to have. It is essentially playing at City Field or playing at. It's, it's um, not the one. And yeah. you're gonna, the football lines are not coming up. It would look 
terrible. They, I, they would have to paint over them, and that's a whole thing. That's what Arthur Blank has promised to the fans that it would not happen. And so it would be very interesting if push came to shove that and this is what again, might happen. The reason being behind this is that Final Four preparation is supposed to begin approximately a couple days before that game is to take place, assuming it's to take place. There's no chance that the fixtures will get moved around, and this would be the second leg, mind you. Apparently it takes them a long time to put up the video board because they have to hang a big video board because I don't know why they won't just use the Halo board. It's fine, but it's the Final Four, so they have to hang a video board. Um, yeah, my thing is is that you do everything you can to have this game at the bins because you will sell the whole stadium out. There will be 70,000 people there based upon what I saw from the Club America game and the Campiones Cup. There will now be a history between these two teams as well. Assuming the first leg goes well, this is a competitive fixture, you want this to be a highlight game. This is a game that the Champions League can push and say this is what we want this competition to be. And if you're not playing that game at home, there's only one place and it's mentioned as a possibility in the article as well, from what I remember, that's Bobby Dodd. If you're gonna have it anywhere and you can yeah. do anything to have it somewhere and it's not the bins, you do everything in your power to see if you can have still that game at Bobby Still it's a weekday Dodd. and still it's gonna be difficult. So yeah. I would rather have that game at Bobby Dodd. If that game's at Bobby Dodd, it will be incredible. I think will a lot Georgia of people Tech will love it. it. We'll if we can pay for it, I don't know. But my thing yeah. is, is you do everything you can, whether that means you pay the people at the Final Four to work extra, to get it done in a faster time period, I don't care. You do everything you can to put that game in the freaking bins, assuming it happens. Yeah, I mean, I think if there was ever a time to placate fans, this is the time to do it, especially if this happens. But uh, we'll get there when we do. But uh, read the article by uh, Doug Robertson, and we'll have it linked in the description box below. But uh, anyway, moving on from that, Atlanta United are in Scotland, uh, at least some contingent are anyway, visiting Aberdeen FC, our sister club. Uh, great to see that uh, they're there and you know getting some things done. It's the off season, so why not? Perfect time to do it. Uh, and it seems like it was to see Dave Cormack, their new kind of CEO, uh, Aberdeen FC's new CEO, uh, into his new gig. I mean, the guy, uh, the chairman originally there, step down and so um yeah i mean why not and i think it's a uh, you know again somewhere that we are looking to uh really put a foothold so that we can have a whole scouting network built out from there so it's a good thing um uh, but anyway uh as well as that because darren eels was there darren eels uh congrats to him for earning the ncaa silver anniversary award uh that's for the 1994 ivy league player of the year for browns men's soccer uh, and yeah, congrats to him because I mean, yeah, he's a legend in uh, some many parts really now in uh, America. He's pretty much an honorary American almost at this point. I mean, he's done a lot of really good things in uh, the United States. But uh, moving on from that, LA United announced that they have signed an elite Brazilian uh, esports athlete in Paulo Neto. He is the in the top four, or he's number four rather. Ranked number four in the world as an esports MLR, as an esports FIFA player, and so really, I think it's a you know a, a sign of ambition. It's a sign of uh, Atlanta United, kind of making sure that they really want to kind of kind of further the ethos of what Atlanta United is about is really be a team and a club that is going after trophies, going after the best players. And so, you know, really, really good, I think, in that regard. I understand if you don't understand what esports and uh, the whole EMLS thing is all about, but, you know, 
I think it's just, it's the changing of the times. You gotta understand that FIFA and gaming and all that is really, really big, has a lot of eyeballs and the you know MLS and clubs uh, in it are going to chase the eyeballs and the people that have money that are willing to uh, yeah pay for the type of content that they want to see. So yeah, I mean, best of wishes to um, why am I forgetting? Rated Hugo. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry, all I'm good. Blank all of a sudden. He yeah. was our first EMLS player as well. But I also think it's Props important to, to note that. It's not just Atlanta United that's making moves. It seems that a lot of clubs are really trying to set their game up as far as yeah, it might have been a league-wide thing. And yeah. the FIFA, you know, e-gaming thing is concerned. They're really trying to set their levels up to have it as a really competitive scene. And Atlanta United is one of the best, if not the best, team in FIFA. So we should have one of the best players. So True. yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. You know? But uh, anyway, so some league-wide news as well to round up the uh, the news in this. Uh, so Charlotte are the latest expansion side. To to enter MLS. They will be the 30th team in, in MLS, apparently. And then their owner, uh, David Tepper, uh, set up the rivalry with LA United. He's kind of tried to play it coy and probably try to pussyfoot a little bit. But he said uh, that, Charlotte, we are the hot city. Screw that other city, meaning Atlanta. Really interesting because we don't use that nickname here. So no one really that lives here uses that nickname. It's always out-of-towners that call Atlanta Hotlanta. No was, one calls it that. That was one of the first things I learned when I moved to Atlanta is like, no one calls it that. Don't say that. If you do, everyone's going to be like, you're not from here, are you? So you just, just don't say that. Tepper also, by the way, owns the Carolina Panthers. So there's a bit of a rivalry there already. Um, this dude has shelled out some funds over the last year because he recently bought the Panthers. He bought them last last year and he paid a hefty $325 million expansion fee to get in, which is $125 million more than the $200 million that both St. Louis and Sacramento paid earlier this year as well. That's it's a lot of cash. paying way over the odds. Yeah, that's called paying <laughs> way over the odds and also paying to skip the queue because Charlotte wasn't really one of the high mission teams the earlier this season. You had teams like Detroit and teams like St. Louis and uh, Sacramento, Sacramento that both got yeah. their teams in. So this guy is just like, hey, he's willing to pay the money. Detroit I'm, did not. Obviously. Detroit did not, obviously. Um, although they're still trying to get a team at some point in time. I'm fine with it because there's another away game that we can go to. I think that... This and you know, assuming they don't put Charlotte in the freaking West, but yeah, I think this could develop into another team that we could have a reasonable away day with. Assuming Nashville does move to the East at some point in time, where you see them twice a year, you go to the away games, they're only four hours away. And if that, if it ever happens, which it probably won't, that rumored high speed rail line between here and Charlotte happens, and maybe it's like an hour and a half, it'll be just like a game in oh. England where you hop on the train, have a good time, go to tasty. Charlotte, it'd be great. Yeah. And they're gonna play in the Panther Stadium as well, so. We'll see if they can actually fill the thing up because we know we can fill our stadium up. Yeah, but they're entering the league in 2021. So they essentially have about 14 or so months to really get their act together. So serious question, who hires a head coach first, them or Miami? Yeah, it's really going to be interesting. I mean... Because <laughs> at this you point... Miami. You would hope Miami, but... You would hope, but like at the same time, if it, Charlotte, with how fast this thing's moving, Charlotte's the next week, she's like, by the way, we already have our first head coach. You just announced right. last week. Yeah, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, they're moving at breakneck speed, and apparently they're going to have to also do a bunch of renovations on Bank of America Field to have it MLS ready. Mm -hmm. So it'll be curious to see. I mean, it'd be dope if they could put a roof on that thing or something. And as far as like him making the hot joke, I'm pretty sure it actually is hotter physically, like in terms of temperature in Charlotte than it is in Atlanta a lot of the time. So I'm from South Carolina. 
it's really hot in South Carolina. I don't think North Carolina is too much different, especially mm -hmm. in Charlotte. It gets pretty hot there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I think it'll be good. Although some of the names that he has trademarked for his team are very much not good. And from everything <laughs> that I have heard, the most likely team name is Charlotte Town FC, which I mean, interesting, I but like it. Charlotte's not a town, it's a city. So it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's maybe got that kind of, uh, you know, England feel like, to it, yeah. but maybe it's not really inspired Probably by that. Town, no. yeah, exactly. It, it's okay, and, you know, maybe there's some more inspired ones that they can come but up like, with. But, like, town, like, how many, there's how many no, towns are there's huge no clubs? towns in the Premier League right now. Yeah. Think about that. The last one was Huddersfield Town, and they're no longer in the Premier League, yep. and they might get relegated from the Championship. Most of your towns are in the Championship, League One and League Two, so bad omen, perhaps. Maybe not but. really. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, that does it for the news and gets us to our buy or sell segment. And this one is very Charlotte focused as well. But uh, essentially, we put a kind of Atlanta United topic as well. I think this one's adjacent, kind of ties to us a little bit. Uh, but and then we mention if we buy or sell it and give our reasons why first topic is Charlotte uh, Charlotte be, will be more of a southern rival than that team from middle Florida 100% buy 100% buy I think this is another game that a lot of people will go to I'm probably gonna make that away every single year I have friends that live in Rock Hill which is like 30 minutes from, from there and in fact my one of my really good friends he's planning on becoming a season ticket holder so I mean the name's not terrible I just although he is an Arsenal fan as well so I don't think he wants to be miserable in multiple facets of his life um I mean because at least you have Atlanta United I mean, come on, it could be worse. Get out of my face. <laughs> anyway, but no, I plan on going to that game every year, and I think that Charlotte will travel here as well. And if you have that, that breeds rivalry, and I think the owner clearly wants to make it a rivalry, yeah. so I am all for it. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I think they're 100% going to be a rival compared to that team from Florida, which... I don't think we're really going to talk about as a rivalry in the next two years. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I also buy that they were going to be more of a rival, and it's definitely uh, because, well, you know, I think they're going to at least probably luck into a win more than I think Orlando can. So that alone makes it a little bit more of a rivalry. So there it is. There it is. But uh, next topic, as some have dubbed them, Atlanta 2.0, quote-unquote, Charlotte will measure to the success Atlanta has by herself. Um, by, and I think that's going to come from the owner. I think the owner has kind of already, with his comments a little bit, referenced that he's comparing himself to Atlanta. He could have chosen any other team. Obviously, Atlanta's the closest team, but he chose to do that. And I think you have, again, you have that rivalry in both football and now in soccer between the Panthers and the Falcons and now whatever Charlotte's going to call itself in Atlanta. So I think there is going to be a natural, aside from the geographic rivalry there, I think he is going to compare himself to Atlanta United. Yeah. But with all due respect, he's going to have to do a hell of a good job getting his team set up because Atlanta United has set the par pretty damn high. And as far as expansion teams go, as far as fans go, as far as culture and interaction between the club as fans, and the way that it plays the game and the players it signs. So he's got a lot to live up to, but I think he will measure it. And if he does, he might find himself coming up a little short. All right. Did, wait, so did you buy or sell? I buy. You buy? I oh, buy. interesting. I sell that they're going to be able to uh, match what we're doing. I'm not saying they're going to match, but yeah. the idea that they will measure... Measure oh, to me the success. Oh, measure to the success. I thought you said they will measure their success. Ah. That's my misunderstanding of your question. Oh, good. Oh, then sell, because they're never going to match <laughs> to Atlanta United. Yeah, yeah, In terms of them measuring their successes and can they compare to us, I think they'll do that. But in terms sure. of will they measure up to us, let me rephrase that. Sell, absolutely not. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, we're, I think, really, really prolific in a lot of facts. 
class. It's not only in business, not only in the uh, the fandom, not only in around the world. How many optics have been just like really good optics and on our us? stadiums? A hell of a lot better. Exactly. I mean, there's just so many things that I really struggle to find how they're going to be able to match up at all. Uh, now, if they are able to, you know, if MLS figures out in the CBA to, I don't know, uh, loosen up all sorts of rules and this owner is able to just freewheel and deal, something might happen. But I still don't know if they can win it in the second year. Let, Difficult. Let me explain something to you that's very important, as many people from Atlanta are well aware. Um, in June, July, and August, it gets really hot here. And last year, uh, Arsenal went through Charlotte, and a couple of friends of ours, Jay Riddle and Devin, uh, Devin Farreal, went to Charlotte. And they talked about how they were dying. And even in the fan camps, I believe, you can see that, that Troops and Robbie did with us. They talk about the heat, and, and at least that they did in the fan camps, and in the conversations they have with us, they talk about the heat. We have a dome. We play inside. Do you know what it's like to play soccer in 100 degree heat in Charlotte in the middle of July? Absolutely not. No one wants to go there and do that. You want to play in a dome that's climate controlled and awesome. Who wants to play in that kind of weather? Nah, fam. Yeah. You're not matching up. Unless you put a whole roof on that damn thing, which is not going to happen. Huh? It's true, it's true. I mean, yeah, at Bobby Dodd, it, there were some really miserable times. I remember passing out almost uh, during a Bobby Dodd game because I was just sitting on the Raptors, not sitting, standing on the Raptors, but having that sun beat down on you and you have nowhere to hide. And you're just sweating. You, it's humid, yeah. it's hot. Summer in the South, Shoulder it's a to shoulder thing. with another person. You have to be chugging water yeah. and most people, if we're being real at soccer games, yeah. aren't doing that. Yeah. And you're chanting the whole game. You're gonna run out of the fans energy. Are, the fans are going to die. Like, the yeah. players are going to hate it. Mm -mm. And ain't the we'll one. We'll see. We'll see we'll how see. it happens. Yeah, but basically, I think this has already arrived. We're gonna haven't even kicked the ball yet, and they were announced today. So. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's gonna be fun, and uh, so you know, why not? Have, have some fun with it. But anyway, uh, that gets us to the mailbag. Uh, and you guys send in these questions through IG story. Please continue to do so. We might answer your question in the future. And this mailbag is brought to you by The Crossing. This segment is sponsored by The Crossing, a family-owned traditional steakhouse located in historic downtown Norcross in the old train depot. Serving mouth-watering steaks, seafood, and more with the quality of a fine dining establishment complemented by a casual setting. So first question is from JDR underscore underscore underscore. What would be worse, not getting a replacement for Nagby or selling Barco in January? Oof. That's a really good question. That's one of the better questions you've had in a while. Um, dang, I would say, in my opinion, I think selling Barco only because replacing Nagby was always going to be a difficult thing. And I think Atlanta United were gonna plan on doing that by signing a couple of different players or through a combination of what they have. But I think selling Ezekiel Barco, you lose a lot and it'd be very difficult to replace a designated player in that short period yeah, of time right now, especially in January, in the middle of your preseason training, leading up the CONCACAF Champions League. I think that would hurt you a lot. And you need Ezekiel Barco to do well in the Champions League for the team. Mm -hmm. And I think for Atlanta to be successful this season, you need Ezekiel Barco. Obviously, Darlington Nagby is an incredibly important player, but you kind of already knew about that and yes. the difficulty in replacing him. For me, it's going to be selling Barco. Yeah, you, you took a lot of my points here, Sorry. but uh, it's all good. Um, yeah, I, I agree because of that very large reason is that we already knew that Nagby is already gone. And so, yes, we kind of knew incumbent-wise Heidman is going to be playing a part anyway in trying to replicate some of that production. But Barco in January where, yeah, there's nothing being rumored or whispered. 
uh, about a replacement, I mean, we would have to muster up something real quick. And as long as the saga was for P.G. Martinez and Ezekiel Barco, I mean, to get something done quick, I don't know if it's in the cards. I just don't know if we can do that. <laughs> That's just not how we roll. So, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely losing Barco in January for sure. Uh, so, next question comes from Ryan Beatty. Does DeBoer try and bring in some Dutch talent this transfer window? Hmm. Uh, I think it's interesting. Uh, because it's this. I mean, you know, never really worry about international spots. But it is a thing where what kind of talent can we bring in? And, you know, at what positions can they actually... Uh, you know, improve on the lot that we have, or Until the international spot rules change. Right, because right now, as it st stands, really in terms of starting spots, it'd be at left back or left wing back, if it were, and really that's kind of it. So, are we gonna uh, get a Dutch player for some of the depth spots on the team? Maybe we could, but I don't know. It's it seems a little less likely. I don't think necessarily the nationality of the head coach will determine where some of the players come from. Yes, you had that with Tata Martino, but that was when you were creating the roster. Yep. And I think a lot of those players are looking to use, we're looking to use MLS as that stepping stone. Dutch players aren't gonna necessarily look to come to the United States to go back to Europe. They have access within Europe. They'll go to a smaller division team or second division team. And a lot of those Dutch players, if they're good, they're usually snapped up by an Ajax or a PSV Eindhoven or an Azad Alkmaar. They'll go to those type teams, they'll play there, they'll go through their academies, and then they'll either get sold on or they'll stay in the Dutch league. It's not something that you see a lot happening, and I don't necessarily think Atlanta would go for an older Dutch player to kind of come over here and fill that spot. That's not really been the MO of the club. So I don't potentially see any Dutch players, but who knows what the scouting system finds? Maybe they get somebody on a short-term loan. Who knows? Yeah, uh, but to go along with that, yeah, it absolutely is also in a sense where uh, MLS and the Premier League are definitely two of the type of most diverse uh, crop of talents in terms of you know the kind of internationals that they brought in if you were to use the MLS term uh, and so you know I think the Dutch leagues the uh, you know the Italian leagues and stuff like that they have less and less of kind of outsiders coming in and so that's a lot of Dutch players you, unless you're that top level player like a Matthias Slick the Frankie de Jong the Frank de Boer those kind of players will move on to the big clubs in Europe a lot of the time, though, you see a lot of Dutch players stay within the Eredivisie. Right. Uh, so, next question comes from Angel10. Who will be the real rival, Orlando, <laughs> Nashville, Miami, or Charlotte? Thoughts? I'm going to go Charlotte. I think that there's a natural rivalry there. I think there will already be a rivalry between Panthers and Falcons. So you, the crossover that you'll have between those fans, which mm -hmm. I think does exist already, will naturally become a rivalry within soccer as well. And I think that it's it has something there. And I think that this owner has kind of already beat his chest a little bit and is trying to say that he wants to make a bit more noise and maybe is a bit more flashy in the way that he wants to build a team compared to maybe how Nashville's doing it. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a big stadium. They're not building a separate stadium. They're going to be playing at Bank of America. Nashville, there's still some question marks. I think they might be a bit of a slow burn. And I think that there's the potential to have Charlotte be a big team, maybe not big, but a competitive team year one, where I don't necessarily think you might see the same thing from Nashville. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's gonna be far and away into Miami, but uh, it's for this. Um, I think, you know, in terms of Inter-Miami, they, you know, speak uh, loudly and carry a big stick, and I think they can actually swing it. I don't think Charlotte 
you know, in terms of what they're actually saying, they actually believe it. So I don't think they can actually pull off some of the things yet, at least anyway, this is very early days, so don't quote me on this in the, <laughs> the day they're announced. But uh, in terms of uh, Miami, I think they've just shown that they, and in terms of, you know, my fear factor, I definitely fear Inter-Miami a lot more than I, the other two As far teams. as that goes, yeah, if, if it's who do I fear more, I, it's Inter-Miami. But yeah. in terms of who I think I'm going to end up hating more, I think that it might be Charlotte. Because it's not always the it's not always the biggest team that you end up hating the most. Sure. Yeah. I just have this feeling that Charlotte's because Arsenal, of the... Tottenham, yeah. Yeah, because of that... that, that <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, I feel like it's just that... that, that that closeness is going to breed a bit more sure. content because I think you'll have a lot more people doing the away to Charlotte and Atlanta than yeah. possibly to, to Miami. They were talking about yeah wanting to fill our entire upper deck. Um, interesting. I mean, we can't. We we won't let them uh, no, do I mean, so anyway. But, but at the same time, I think that it's very feasible that if the teams can work together around it, you could have a five six thousand away allotment to those games. And I think if if Charlotte's competitive, they'll bring five six thousand mm -hmm. if they can and pack them in a big spot and that'll make the atmosphere incredibly good. Now, again, will that happen in Miami? Well, I don't know where Miami is going to be playing in three years' time, and they still don't have a head sure, coach, sure. and they start preseason in less than a month. So if I, they get their shit together, they're going to be really good. It's Miami. Yeah. It's going to be easy to get players there when you have David Beckham talking sure. and basically throwing money at players. They've been rumored to the likes of Cavani, Suarez, Messi. They want these big players there. If that happens, that's crazy, but also that means that things are getting opened up a bit more. Yeah. Orbiting checkbook. Yeah, it takes us down a whole other road. But yeah, I think it's going to be like uh, in terms of likening type of uh, you know kind of results and back and forthness. I think it's going to be like an us and NYCFC where you know there's been results for us, been results for them, uh, and I think that's what's kind of going to be with Inter Miami. They're going to be a tough team because Paul McDonough. I mean, he knows what he's doing. I think they're going to be uh, product wise on the field very very good. I mean, I so. think I think an interesting question, which I think we both would agree on, is. If you had to put a tenor on who would win MLS Cup first, yeah. or within their their inaugural season, like within the smallest amount of time, who's going to win an MLS Cup first? We'd probably both bet on Miami before Charlotte sure. winning an MLS Cup because I hope Charlotte never wins an MLS Cup. Oh damn, it's already out there. It's already out there. I love it. I love it. But anyway, next question comes from Sheaves seventy seven. If Gressel and the club do not agree on a contract, where will he go in twenty twenty? I don't think he'll go anywhere in 2020 because he still has a contract with Atlanta United. Uh, but, I mean, if it were, and maybe you know, Atlanta United get a crazy wild hair uh, and think that they can't sign him or something like that and they want to get something from him for him, then maybe they do make a trade or uh, a transfer outside of the country. But, you know, I just don't think that uh, it will really be, you know, a case. I think either he... You know, this whole ordeal is just troublesome and a deal doesn't get done. Or, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he actually signs a contract and, you know, happy days. Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much more to add to that. He has a contract, he's here. I think that it's kind of at a weird standstill part. We mentioned it earlier in the show. The club has a point. I think Julian Gressel has a point. They both, I think, would like to come to an agreement. I think it's just going to have to wait to see what the rules are going to be to see how much we can afford to pay him. And I'm, in my opinion, I think that there will be a resolution fairly quickly after the CBA is agreed upon, whether that be he's not getting renewed and he's moved on or he'll be renewed fairly quickly when we know how much we can spend on. Right, exactly. Because, yeah, like we said earlier in the show, but if you didn't tune in there, 
it really is a case of you know how high of a tan player can he be how will the cba affect that and how much can he really get so i think that's important uh and it doesn't really affect some of the other uh player moves and i also think that he will make more than miles robinson so it's that's really where it's tricky to get, get that balance we want to see what happens with the cba uh last question comes from luke say do you expect the new CBA to be agreed upon by the time of our CCL matches? Um, by God, I, I hope so. I hope Holy so, crap. because I don't know if we can play Champions League if we don't have a CBA. Because we won't have any players. We won't have any players. We don't want any scrub players uh, or like scab players, as they would be called, uh, to be brought in. Just, well, we'd get smacked, so... Uh, yeah, this yeah, is not smart. It's, I really... That'd be the MLS shooting itself in the foot for the Champions League for this exactly. season. So that's distinctly not ideal. Yeah. I really hope to God it's there. But yeah, it's January 31st. So, you know, time is clicking away. It is uh, getting very close to about just a month and some change. So, yeah, by God, I hope the, the sides really agree on something soon. So, But, guys, that does it for the mailbag and pretty much the entire show, except for the question of the day. What do we got? So, guys, the question of the day is... Out of the new cities that are coming into the league, Nashville, Charlotte, and Miami, which of these is the most desirable away day to you? We could throw Orlando in there, but let's be realistic, none of us want to go to Orlando. So out of those southern teams, which is the most desirable away day for you? Get in the comments below and let us know what you guys have to say. Well guys, that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe if you haven't already. Smash that like button and share this video because it really does help us a lot. And for Tanner, I'm AJ. Thank you guys so much for watching. Yeah.